theyeshiva.net. One of the stories that they told us in Cheder, and I know they say it in a lot of Chadorim to the children, one of the greatest Talmud uh, Chachomim about uh, 250 years ago, his name was Rebienus and Abishitz. There are a lot of stories about Rebienus and Abishitz. When he was a little child, he was extremely clever and smart. And the local priest and the local uh, uh, government, they, they used to like playing around with them and used to like uh, to give them all kinds of riddles. He used to give them riddles. And one of the stories is that the, uh, whoever it was then from the government came to the father and he asked him, this was about 4 or 5 in the afternoon when the kids come home from school, and he asked him, did the innocent come home yet? So they said, no, he should be home any minute. So he said, okay. I would like you to tell him that he should come visit me in my house. The father said, no problem. He said, but I'm leaving a guard here to make sure that you don't tell him where I live. He has to figure out on his own where, he, where I live. Okay, the father had no choice. He had to obey. The Bionisig came home and the, the guard was standing there. And the father tells the Bionisig that uh, this, uh, this official would like to meet you. So, Rabbi Yenisar said, sure, no problem. Do you know where he lives? He says, no, you have to figure it out on your own. Okay. Rabbi Yenisar goes out in the street, and he asks somebody, do you know where so-and-so lives? And he says, yeah, go down three blocks this way, two blocks that way, that's where he lives. So he goes, he comes to the house of the official, and the official says, ah, Yenisar, how are you? How did you know how to come? So he says... I went, I asked one person, and then as a matter of fact, I asked also a second person, and they both told me that you live here and here. So the official asked him, tell me, Yainasa, if one person would tell you that I live on the right, and the other person would tell you that I live on the left, what would you do? So Yainasa answered, well, I would ask a third person, and whatever the majority says, this is what I would do. Aha, says the official, so in other words, you are following the majority. So what happens when you have 70 nations that say that religion works in one direction and one nation says in the other direction? Which one do you follow? Yenison didn't lose his cool. And he said, no, 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 you got the whole story wrong, he says. When do I follow the majority? When I don't know which is the right path. So I go and I check what the majority says. But when I know what the right path is, I could have a thousand people telling me the other way, I'm still going to go in the right path, because I know where that path is. That story was basically said, to give highest, to give more action to the learning, because many times people learn something, and they, they go on to the next thing right away. But sometimes there's a question, sometimes there's something which is not clear yet. When we learn something, we have to understand it 100%. When we get an answer to a question, if the answer answers the whole issue, very good. But if it doesn't, we have to continue going. And believe it or not, there are certain issues in Taita that may have six, seven, ten answers. And sometimes each one has a question. So we have to continue to toil until we find an answer where, ah, now we have the whole issue very, very clearly. It's very interesting, when it comes to Hanukkah, there is a very famous question, which is called the question of the Beis Yosef. We're soon going to discuss the question, what the question is. But the beautiful part about it is, 
that to this question, there are hundreds and hundreds of answers. As a matter of fact, I'm holding here a sefer called Neir Lameya, which means a light for a hundred. Over here he brings a hundred answers to the question of the Bishyasef. I heard that there is another book that has 500 answers. Reb Shlomo Yosef Zevin, who was, as we discussed many times in the Shiurim, he was one of the greatest sages in our generation. He passed away only 25, 30 years ago. And he is the editor of uh, Encyclopedia Talmudis. We're going to be quoting him soon. So uh, he says that there is no number to the amount of answers that there is to this question. And there are many stories about this that people used to say about the Shlomo Yosef when it comes to the Kushi of the Bez Yosef. So we're going to discuss today the concept of Hanukkah. Now we're going to see that there's a few issues with Hanukkah. We will discuss the concept of the oil. What was actually the miracle of the oil? And we're going to see something unbelievable, a revolutionary idea how the Rebbe explains what was the miracle of Hanukkah. So, let's go directly into our sources. This is all based on the Kutasichis, volume 15, Chelik Tesvav, pages 183 through pages, page 190. So, in source number one, we're going to start off with the source of Hanukkah. We're going to try to figure out what is this miracle of Hanukkah. So, let's go straight to the Gemara. Says the Gemara in Shabbos, Davchof, Aleph, Amad Aleph. I'm not going to go now into the whole thing why there is no special Masechta for Hanukkah. Every Yom Tev has a Masechta. Purim, Pesach, there's Masechta Megillah, there's Masechta Psachim, there's Shoshana, Yume, Sukkah. Every, every Yom Tev has a Masechta. Why doesn't Hanukkah have a Masechta? But that's another issue which we're not going to be discussing today. But we will bring the Gemara that discusses what is Hanukkah. And the Gemara says as follows. This Gemara is Shabbos Davchafalev, because the Gemara over there discusses what can you and can't you use for the lights, for the candles of Shabbos. And therefore the Gemara goes into Hanukkah also, because Hanukkah is also candles, lights, etc. Says the Gemara, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? And the Gemara says the whole thing, and then the Gemara says these words. When the Yevonim, when the Greeks went into the Beis Hamikdash, they impured all the oil which was in the Beis Hamikdash. And when the house of Hashmenoi, of the kingdom of Hashmenoi, they went to war with them and won against the Greeks. But could they checked. They only found one little jug of oil. That was laying there in the Besamikdash with the temple, with the seal of the Kohen God, which means to show that it's kosher. And there was enough only for one day to light the Menorah. A miracle happened. And they lit from that for eight days. The next year, they established it. And they turned it into a yomtev, into a holiday, where we say halal and we praise Hashem, etc. So, according to the Gemara, it looks like a very simple thing. They were looking for some oil to be able to light the menorah. They found only one jug. It took eight days to be able to go to the place where they could make some oil. And to be able to go and come back takes eight days. So, there was a miracle that what was enough for one day went for eight days. This is what the Gemara says. 
So, we're going to go now straight to the Kash of the Bish Yosef. The Bish Yosef is the author of the Shulchan Aruch. And before he wrote the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, he wrote a Pirush, a commentary on the Tur. Very, very extensive commentary where he brings all the sources for a lot of the halachas, a lot of the laws. And he made a uh, concise version of the Beis Yosef, and that became the Shulchan Aruch, sort of a summary of the big Beis Yosef. So in his pirush, in his commentary, he asks a very interesting question. And in order to make this in a very, very simple way, there, as I mentioned before, one of the greatest sages in our generation was Reb Shlemy Yosef Zevin, the author of Encyclopedia Talmudis. Besides for Encyclopedia Talmudis, he wrote a beautiful sefer called Hamoyadim Bahalocha, the holidays in Halacha. And he has beautiful essays. And he has an essay on this uh, question of the Beis Yosef. What was actually the Ness of Hanukkah? And he doesn't bring, obviously, a hundred answers, but he brings seven or eight, which are the general concept that will give us the various ways how we can look at it. So we're going to quote, basically, his essay, because this is going to give us a very beautiful summary of this whole beautiful subject. So go to your source number two. This is taken from Amoyadim Balacho, page Kuf Nun Ches. In the new edition, it's on page Kuf Pei Ches. And he says as follows, Rabbi Shalom Yosef. Even when we talk about the actual miracle, what happened in Hanukkah, there's a lot of talk in the uh, works of Halacha, of Jewish law. What is the, the main subject? The question of the Yosef. What is the question? Since in the jug that they found, for one day there was oil. So really the miracle was only for seven days. One day they had oil for. So, how many days was the miracle? Seven, not eight. So how could you call this day, the miracle of eight days? Why did they make the holiday eight days? There is no number to how many... Uh, answers there are to this question. I believe that they say that he one time said that Reb Shlomo Yosef between the time that he said this until he was going to print the entry of Hanukkah he most probably had another whole bunch of hundreds of answers and from when he went to print that until he actually went to the print he had another few hundred answers to the question but here he says there is no number to the amount of answers that are given to this so he will bring down a few of them the few, a few interesting ones and he says as follows the Yosef himself gives three of the answers Go to source number three. to Aleph. What's the first answer? They took the jug and they divided it into eight parts. And every night, every night they used to put in an eighth of whatever they found. But that was enough until the morning. Venimtza comes out. Shebechal halelis hayanes that every single night you had a miracle. Why? Because every night they only put an eighth of what really they found, and if an eighth goes for the whole night, that's a very big miracle. So that's why we have the yomtiv for eight days. 
And in a parenthesis he brings, Rabbi Shlomo Yosef, on this question, all the Mepharshim ask, how could you do something like this? We don't rely on miracles. How do you light the menorah to begin with, with not enough oil and hoping there's going to be a miracle? You're not allowed to do that. So therefore, we have an answer, but it gets refuted. Next answer. Source number four. Look at your Tirut Zabez, the second answer. They took the jug, they filled up the menorah until the top. They filled up everything. They took the jug, filled up the whole menorah. Now the jug should be empty. They looked inside, oh, it's full again. So, that happened the first night, the second night, all the nights. So, before we said that they divided into eight. Now we say no. He filled up everything. The Kohen Gadol filled up everything. And after finished filling up everything, this should have been empty. No, it's full. So now we understand how we have a miracle for eight days. Soon he's going to refute this also. And after the next answer. Let's go to the next answer number three. This is in your source number five. Tiru Tzagimel. The first night they put in, like we said before, the oil into all the, uh, the containers. And every night, the, 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 and the whole night, the, the candles lit. In the morning they came and they saw, up, oh, it's still full. Last night it was supposed to go out, no, it's all full. And so every night. So there was a miracle every single day. Comes up some Yosef and says, we have a problem with both of these answers. Either that the next morning they came and they found the jug that was full, or they found that the menorah was full. What's wrong with it? They ask on these last two answers. We come back to the original question, to square one. Either the first day or the eighth day, they didn't need the miracle. There was no miracle. Because they had the oil from yesterday. So one day for sure they didn't need this miracle. So the question is, what was the miracle? Next answer from the Taz. The Taz is one of the uh, greatest commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch. Later we're going to make a short summary of all the answers. Because we could group them into two basic groups. Go to source number six, Hataz Tiritz, the Taz answers. Bezoyhar Mevur, the Zoyhar says very clearly, She'ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu Oiseneis Elo Aldovor Sheyeshnik Var Be'ezumida. When does the Rebbe to make a miracle? Something that has already some measurement. There's something there already. Why? She'ein HaBrocha Sheir Aldovor Reikam. There's no Brocha the Rebishter does not give a blessing on something which is empty. There has to be something, and on that the Rebishter gives a bracha that it becomes even more. Therefore we must say, The first night, he filled it up till the top, but it didn't end till the bottom. There was a miracle that only some of it was consumed. Some was left, so we have the bracha for the second night. In other words, in theory, the first night there was no miracle because they had enough for one night. 
The answer is no, no, no. Even the first night, it didn't consume the whole thing. It only consumed partially. So this way, the next night, for the second night, the Rebbe showed me a miracle, and it filled up again. So every single night, you had a miracle. That's what the Taz says. Another answer, in your source number 7, the Prichodosh. Prichodosh is also a very important commentary on the Tur, the Shulchan Aruch. It says like this, it's true. The miracle was only for seven days. Why did they do the first day? To remember the war. They, they, they won a very miraculous war. So the first day is to remember the uh, war. The, the winning of the war. The other seven days was the nest of the oil. So therefore... We can understand why we do it for eight days. Number eight, the Nitziv. The Nitziv is from Volozhin. He passed away about 120 years ago. Actually, his son, together with Rav Zevin, made the Encyclopedia Talmudis, his son that made Barilan. So he says something very interesting. He says as follows. We mentioned before, if you look, go back to your source number one, we said that the Gemara says... That there wasn't enough to light only for one night. Only for one night. Comes in the and he says that really there is a um, dispute on what is exactly the version here in the Gemara. The Shiltas, one of the old Sfarim, he brings that the Girsa, that the version over here is. Even for one day. Ah, oh, if the version is that there wasn't even enough for one day. So also the first day was a miracle. So now we understand how all eight days are a miracle. Let's go to the last answer. Number nine. And again, we're going to make soon a short summary. Number nine. Says that Shlomo Yosef as follows. Bechugei HaYeshivas in the yeshivish world, the world of the yeshivas, Revachas Shmua B'Shem Reb Chaim one of the greatest geniuses, two generations ago, his name was Reb Chaim from Brisk, and he used to come out with these revolutionary ideas, so he has a way how to answer this question, L'Yashiv Akushi B'Ofen he has an uh, original way, and he said as follows, Hu he continued to analyze over here, Whichever way you turn around, Reb Chaim says you have a problem. Whether you tell me that every day they took an eighth, or you tell me that every night it went till the bottom and that the next day it refilled. Whichever way you turn around, there's a problem. What's the problem? The Rebish just said that in the Muneira we have to put oil from an olive. The second day, it wasn't oil from an olive. Shemuvane kemashmuuse. What does it mean, olive oil? Shemen shegodal al eight zayis, oil that grew on the um, a tree of olives. Venasem ipri hazayis, and it's made from those fruit. But but this one, the one that they used in the besamikdosh, bezehayon shemen shel nes, v'le shemen shel zayis. This wasn't oil of olive oil. This was miraculous oil. So how could they make a bracha on it? How could they do it? Not only that, I'm sure many of you know the story in, in Tanakh, in Malachim, with the Elisha, 
Elisha, he was the Eliyah Navi's student, and he revived the child, etc. But there was a story first that the lady came and said that she needs money, she, they, 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 they're harassing her because she owes money to people. And he asked her, what do you have in the house? She said, I have a jug of oil. And the famous miracle that he told her, get as many vessels as you can. And she was able to fill them all up with oil. So comes the question, did she have to give miser from that oil? Did she have to give a tenth? What do you say? Did you have to give miser? Let's look at the Radak. The Radak is one of the peru, most important Pirushim on the Tanakh. The end of source number 9. Ki because of Radak. That that oil that Elisha produced, they didn't have to bring maizah, they didn't have to bring a tenth. Why? Because it's miraculous oil. If it's oil that grows from the ground, yeah, then, they, you know, from olives that grow, sure, you have to bring maizah. But over here, it's something which is uh, miraculous, you don't have to bring maizah. So if you don't have to bring maizah, why? Because it's not considered olive oil. So for sure, you can't use it for the manator. But what's the whole big point? Answers Rav now here comes a very interesting answer for Rebchaim. Number 10. V'tiret Rebchaim. Bal korcheinu shehanes lehoyo bekamus betesefes shemen. It wasn't a miracle in the quantity of the, olive, of the olive oil. That sometimes it went full, it was empty, it was refilled, not didn't refill. No. It wasn't in the quantity. Elo be'echus. It was in the um, quality of the olive oil. Shenisatsem koyach Hashemin that the olive, the oil, got a special power, stronger than usual. If usually a jug like this goes for a night, the oil of Hanukkah was able to do this much in eight nights. Because even an eighth was enough for a night. So the oil was a stronger type of oil. Vedolak Shmeinayomim and it took lit for eight days. Me'ato, now, ain't makam l'kushis ha'bis Yosef. There's no more the question of the bis Yosef. Why? Heim iru es kol Hashem en shebepach l'menoida. They took the oil and put it all into the menoida. Elo shebecholaylo velaylo, every single night. Kolo chelik ha'shmini mimeno. An eighth went away every single night. So therefore, hanes ha'yo'efa b'yemarishen mamish b'oysa mido'atzmo. So the nest, the miracle, was on the first day in the same exact measure. Shibishara yomim, like in the other days. And then he continues that according to this, we can explain our whole machlekes, whole dispute between Mishama and Bezillel. There's a famous dispute between Mishama and Bezillel. How when about lighting the the candles of Hanukkah? According to Beis Shammai, the first night you light eight, the next night seven, the next night six. According to Beis Hillel, we do the first night one, the second night two, the third night three, and we're not going to go now into Hamachlokes. But he says, according to this, we could understand what Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel are talking about. Bottom line, from all these answers, what comes out that we can group all these answers, and not only the ones that Rabbi, that uh, Reb Shlomo Yosef brings over here, but even the ones from the others for him. That either they're saying that the miracle was in the quantity of the oil, which means they emptied, let's say they emptied the jug, and then they found that it was refilled, or the oil was consumed from the menorah, and the next morning it refilled. In other words, they got back the same quantity they, they would have lost. Or we're talking about quality, that every night only a little bit went, only an eighth, only part of it, because the oil was stronger. So it's either in the quantity or the quality. But according to everybody was consumed, and then it came back. Or, it was consumed gradually. So comes the Rebbe, 
And the Rebbe is going to ask a very, very strong question. Either way you turn around. According to the ones that say that every day it refilled, in other words, this concept in quantity. quantity. So you have the question that Rav Chaim asked. Why did Rav Chaim ask that the next night when it refilled, it wasn't olive oil. What was it? Miraculous oil. It's not kosher for, for, for the Meneda. The Meneda, the Rebbe says he wants olive oil. According to the ones that say that it wasn't the quality, just like Abraham, there's a very, very strong question on Abraham. What's the question? Go to your source number 11. Why can't we say that every night only an eighth was consumed? Source number 11, Arashim, Pasha Tetzabe, right in the beginning of the Pasha. The Rebish says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Be'ata Tetzabe's B'nei Yisrael, command the Yidin, Be'yikhu Elech Hashemen, they should bring you oil for the Menorah. What should you do with this oil? Aaron should prepare it every single night in front of the Ebishter. From the evening till the morning. What does it mean from the evening till the morning? says Rashi. Ten la midasa. When you fill up the menorah, you have to fill it up with the correct measurement. That enough that it should go from the evening until the morning. How much is that? Says Rashi. The Chachamim uh, measured it. That it's Chatsi Loig Leleile Teves Aruchim. That the longest nights are in the month of Teves after Hanukkah. And how much do you need? A half of a lug. That was a certain measurement those days. Therefore, you have to put into the Menorah a minimum of a Chatsi Lug, of a half a lug. So we see very clearly. That in order to fulfill the mitzvah correctly, you have to fill up the uh, menorah. According to Rav Chaim, the second night, it wasn't filled up. It was missing an eighth. So, there weren't mekayim, what it says here, that you have to put in enough oil, even though we know that the oil is stronger, but we have to put a chatzilug. Let's continue and go to number 12. There's another Rashi in Parsha Emoir. Again, over there, the Rebbe tells Moshe Rabbeinu that I want you to tell the Yidin that they should bring you oil for the Menorah. And over there, also, again, the Torah says, That Aaron should prepare it from the evening till the morning. Says Rashi. What does it mean, He should prepare it, he should set it up? Says Rashi, It should be a preparation that should be enough for the whole night. Measured and how much is this? A half a log for each one of the neidos. And these are long enough even for the long nights of the middle of the winter of the month of Tevez. And Rashi adds over here, This was a measurement that was set up. You couldn't change it. According to Reb Chaim, second night, they didn't have a chatzilug, they had less. The take had for all night, but they didn't have the measurement that the Torah says that you have to put in, ten lamidasa. And if you look at the Gemara, where Rashi took this from, from the sources from the Gemara, Menachas da Petesa Medalev, the Gemara says, ten lamidasa, you have to put in the right measurement, what does that mean? Shetei deilek is veilek is meyerevat baiker, that it should go from the evening till the morning. Beshiyaru Chachamim says the Gemara, the Chachamim measured that this is a chatzi lug meurtavat safra. That you need a half a lug from the evening till the morning. So therefore, we can say the answer of 
quality. Quantity, for sure we can't. Why? Because it's not olive oil, it's miraculous oil. Quality, we also have a problem. Because you have to fill up the munera completely to the top. Not only that, we have another question. Look at your source number 14. The Gemara in Zvachim, the Gemara in says as follows. Omar Shmuel, Shmuel said... That uh, what they used to bring things to the base amigdash, uh, flour, oil, uh, wine, all the things that they used to use. It didn't become holy until it was put into the vessel that it was used for. Says the Gemara, Amar Shmuel, clay shores, these vessels that they used in the base amigdash, ain't mekadshin elashlemin. When can they make something holy? The flour that they use should become holy if the vessel is very complete. But if it's broken, it does not make anything holy. And the Gemara continues, When do they make something holy? Only if you fill them up to the top. They have to be full. Says Rashi, which means, it doesn't mean necessarily full to the top, but it means, that you put in the right measurement for what that thing needs. Right? But if it's missing from the regular shear, the amount that they need, the keli does not make it holy. So what do we see here? That if you put into the munera olive oil, but you don't put in enough because that's what you need from the evening till at night, you have not fulfilled the mitzvah. You cannot do it and it doesn't become holy. So we have to understand what is going on over here. What was the oil, the miracle? How did it happen? What happened every night? If we say that only a little bit went away, we have a problem that has to be full. If we say that every night the whole thing went away and the next day it came back, we have a problem that that's miraculous oil. So what was the miracle? And obviously, when we're going to see this, we will be able to understand this was such a big miracle. And we will be able to understand, finally, what stuck is such a big deal with the miracle of Hanukkah. If you remember, we just said before the story of Elisha, that by Elisha you also added oil and there was plenty of oil. But we don't make any holiday for that. All of a sudden, when it comes to the here, the Beis Amikdash, oh, we make such a big Yom Tev, Hanukkah, everybody lights a menorah. <laughs> Why? What's, a, what's the big deal? That, what happened over here? So therefore we must say that over here something extraordinary happened. And that's why we have a Yom Tov called the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. To make it very short, it's a very, very deep concept. It's discussed in Hasidus all over the place. The story of Hanukkah was a miracle. There are two types of miracles. There are regular miracles, all the miracles... 99% of miracles. What's a miracle? A regular miracle means there's nature and the Rebbe is to change nature. For example, uh, the story with Elisha. She had only one jug of oil and she was able to fill up a lot of them. Can a person do that? No. It's impossible for a person to do that. Can a person imagine it? Can a person relate to it? Yeah, of course. He can relate that something becomes bigger than before. Kriyasyamsuf, the splitting of the Red Sea. Can anybody make water stop? No. It's impossible to do it. But can someone imagine something like this? Can someone relate to it? Can you understand it? Can you imagine it? Sure, why not? You can imagine water stops. You don't know how, but you can imagine it. It's not something which is opposite of, 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 uh, of logic. Moshe Rabbeinu, he saw the burning bush. The bush is burning and it's not being consumed. Yeah? 
Can you imagine? Of course you could. You don't know how to do it, but you could imagine it. This is miracles. But then there is a higher level of miracles, and that is something which is not impossible. It's the impossible of the impossible, and that is called nimna hanimnois. Nimna hanimnois means something that a person cannot comprehend. For example, if I want to say that the Rebishter can sit and stand at the same time, can the Rebishter do that? Can the Rebishter sit and stand at the same time? Yeah, the Rebishter can do everything. Can a person understand in his wildest dream sitting and standing at the same time? No, he can't. This is something that the brain just cannot understand. So what's a bigger miracle? The regular miracles that a person can imagine? Or a miracle which is the impossible of the impossible? Of course, Nimna Nimnois is the top. And we're going to see something very interesting, a big machlaikas, between the philosophers and the Rashba about this subject. Let's give, give a look into the um, source number 15. The source number 15, this is from the Sefer, we're going to see something amazing here soon. The, the source number 15, it's from the Sefer HaKir of the Tzemach Tzedek. It's a very, very deep and beautiful Sefer where he analyzes, the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Rebbe of Lubavitch, analyzes sort of philosophical points, but really it's, it's, it's obviously all in Torah how it works. And he says as follows. Source number 15. Look at the tshuva of the Rajba in number Tafyut Ches. The Rajba was in the time of Taisvis, right after Rashi, and about 800 years ago. It's an amazing tshuva. It's a response, which is, I think, about 10 pages long. And it's actually, it's not all written by the Rajba. It's the people wrote a question to the Rajba. They were philosophers and dealt with philosophers and they were trying to explain to the Rajba what philosophy says about the Eivishter and where the Rajba refuted what they were saying. What did they say? Look in source number 15. Das philosophim, the Das, the, 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 the opinion of the philosophers of philosophim. They are saying that even God who is the impossible there is still a certain nature to him. In other words, he could do the impossible, but he cannot do the impossible of the, of the impossible. For example, that he could be riding a horse and not riding at the same time. That, that, that's impossible. That, 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 that does not, even God can't do that. Writes and doesn't write. It, it's two opposites. A person cannot relate to two opposites, and God can't either do two opposites. He could do the impossible, but not the opposites. Or if this past and future in time, this past, present, and future, that they should all be interconnected, the past and the future. Says the Rajba does not agree with this. Because by the Apish that there is nothing which is impossible. How could a human being, a somebody was created, understand, comprehend the Creator. It's impossible. So therefore says the Rajba that, that, that there are miracles which is called the impossible, the Nimna. The Rebishter, he could even make the Nimna, Hanimnois, the impossible of the impossible, standing and, and, and sitting at the same time. Can a person relate to it? No, a person cannot relate to it. The Rebishter could do that too. 
Where do we see this concept of Nina Nimnois? Every little child knows this. Where is this? Look in your source number 16. This is the famous concept which is called Makim Ha'orin Eina Minamida. The place of the Orin. The Orin, the, the, the Ark in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in the Besamikdash, the Ark that had in it the Luchas, did not take up any space. What does that mean? Before we go into the Gemara, I'll just explain it briefly. The Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holiest of Holy, was 20 Amis wide. When you took the Kodesh HaKadoshim, let's say that this is 20 Amis over here. The Orin was 2.5 Amis. So when you measured from one corner to the other corner, you had 20 Amis. When you measured from one side of the Orin to the corner, and the other side of the Orin to the corner, each side had 10 Amis. The place of the Orin did not take up any place. Even though the Orin was 2.5 Amis, but when you measured from corner to corner, you had 20. When you measured from corner to the beginning of the Orin, you had 10. When you measured from the beginning of the Orin to the other side, you also had 10. In other words, the, the place of the Aaron took place and didn't take place at the same time. And this was Nimna Hanimnois. This is something that only the Rebishtek could do. And this is what we had in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Look in your source number 16. The Gemara in Yumad Afkafalaf Amidalev. The Gemara says, Asara Nisim Nasuba Mikdash. There were 10 miracles that were in the base of Mikdash. And the Gemara says the same 10 miracles as we learn in Pirkeyovis in the in, in the in the Pedig Hay in the fifth chapter. The ten famous uh, miracles that were happening in the Besa Mikdash. Says the Gemara Vesuleka, there are no others. says, This concept is uh, something that we received from our parents, that from our tradition, the Mokim Minamida, that the place of the Aram does not take any place this is also, this is the biggest miracle of all, of all the other miracles. How come it's not enumerated in the ten miracles? Answers the Gemara, The miracles from the outside that everybody was able to see, that the Mishnah does say. The Nisim of the were inside, that the, the Gemara doesn't put into the uh, regular uh, Nisim. And obviously, as it is explained all over the place, that because it's not in the same level. The other miracles were, impo- were the impossible. But a person can relate to impossible. This one, this was impossible. That something has a certain measurement and it doesn't take place, that's something impo- impossible of the impossible. Explains the Rebbe that this is what happened over here with Hanukkah. What happened over here with the oil? is the impossible of the impossible. What happened? Let's look at number 17, and this is the revolution of Hanukkah. And according to this, all those questions that we asked are going to be answered. Look at the over here, is source number 17. Kumtuis, says the Rebbe, it comes out. As in the Nes is given a dover In the Nes we had two opposites. Nimna Nimnois. An HTV, we had a natural fire. Ve'oir hanedus and the light of the candles, v'askum furshem and v'kayetzebaze, and it came from oil. What has to happen when you have a fire and oil? Muz derbai zayin kiloyin hashemen. At what happens? The oil gets consumed when you have a fire and oil. The fire consumes the oil. Ule itachisa. On the other hand, had garnish gefeld from the shemen. Nothing was missing from the oil. What does that mean? The uh, fire consumed and didn't consume at the same time. 
What does that mean? The Rebbe continues, This is the impossible of the impossible. Just like the miracle. In other words, what happened to Hanukkah is like this. They filled up with the oil. And the oil was natural oil. They lit the candle. The fire consumed and didn't consume at the same time. Nimna nimnois. If that's the case, the oil was always there. The chanmenere was always filled to the top. So we had, everything was full. There was no problem. And this was the miracle of Hanukkah. Consumed and didn't consume at the same time. Just like the Aram. They're all in proximity, right? The Aram and the Menorah. So this was the big miracle of Hanukkah. And so in other words, the Rebishta made over here, not that the oil became stronger. The Rebishta changed, how does consuming happen? The oil remained oil, kosher oil. But the consuming the Rebbe to change how it works. Usually consume takes away from the oil. Here it took away and didn't take away at the same time. Why did the Rebbe to make such a great miracle for Hanukkah? Why? What happened? Oh, now we're going to go to a beautiful Pnei Yeshua and Nachacham Tzvi. That they will tell us what happened over here. Go to source number 18. Says the Pnei Yeshua. The Pnei Yeshua was Rebbe Yeshua Falk. He was about uh, 300 years ago. He wrote a beautiful pirush on the Gemara. So on our Gemara in Shabbos here, he says as follows. Him. He says as follows. There's a massive question here. Why do we have such a big miracle? If, uh, if all the Yidin are tummy, if, all, if they're all impure, you could do the Avedin in the Besamikdash. You could bring the oil. You could do light the Menorah. You could bring Karbonis. You could do everything. Because if everybody is Tomei, you could do that. So why did the Rebbe make such a big thing? Let them light with non-kosher oil, with Shem and Tomei. Answers, no, says the Pnei Yeshua, Lekach Nire. De Ikra Nes Leinase Elo Leidiya Lohem Chibas Amokim Aleyim. The Rebbe wanted to show his love for the Yidin. Because Shehayu Eimer Mli Yisrael, the Goyim told the Yidin, Kis Velochem Al Keren Ashoyer, Shein Lochem Chelak Velokei Yisrael. They wanted the Yidin should make a declaration that they do not believe in the Eibush that they're ready to give up on Teira, and the Yidin went to Mesiras Nefesh to give up their life for Teira. Lekach Nasel Lehem Nes. That's the Eibush that made them such a big miracle. Lehidia Shechazur Lechibas and Harishayna. That they are the Eibushers beloved. The Eibush that how does he show that he's there, but that the Yidin are their beloved? when he makes such a massive miracle uh, that means the Drebishta is right here because no one else can even try to do something like that that shows that the Yidna are beloved and the same thing we find also for the Chacham Tzvi Tzvi Ashkenazi he was also approximately 300 years ago and he writes this in Pezayin source number 19 the Rebishta wanted to show his love for the Yidin and that's why he showed, made them this miracle why what did the Yidin do then? They, they deserved such a miracle. Explains the Rebbe, look in uh, source number 20. Says the Rebbe, look at the Sechazchei The Yidin, when they went and had the war against the Greeks, it was something was above logic. It didn't make any sense. As we say in the davening, there were many in the hands of a few. Imagine the three, five people go and fight against a whole country. It, it's not normal. 
It's something which is beyond logic. So because they went beyond logic, they went with Mesiras Nefesh, giving up their life higher than logic. The Rebbe still wants to show the love that he has for the Yidden. And he showed them a miracle which is way above Seichel. All the other miracles are sort of logic. You can relate to it. This miracle of consuming and not consuming at the same time, that's something logic cannot take. Why did the Rebbe still pay the Yidden back? Because they did. Against logic, to follow the Ebishter, the Ebishter paid them back to show that he loves them. Not only that, the Rebbe now goes a deeper. Look at source number 21. In Sefer HaSichas in Tavshinun, page 202, says the Rebbe, One of the reasons why, uh, uh, what was the miracle with the oil? Because according to Halacha, the Yidin were allowed to bring oil which is non, which is Tommy, which is impure, without a problem, because everybody is impure. For example, the carbon Pesach, you could bring if everybody is impure. And the same thing is here. Why did the Rebish to give them this oil which was Tahir? To show that the Rebish loves the Yidin, and this way they will be able to do the Mitzvah B'Shem and Tahir. But the Rebbe now adds another beautiful point. However, since the Mitzvah, of alighting the menere. Tzarich lies al piderech ha-teva has to be in a natural way that Eibishter gave 613 mitzvahs in this material world, that we should do it naturally. Lachain, therefore, gam keshakodesh baruch hu oisenes kedei laharis chiboshin shal Yisrael. Even when the Eibishter makes a miracle to show how much he loves the Yidden, that they light with uh, uh, with the, with the, with the uh, oil which is tahir. How does he do the miracle? He makes it that the mitzvah should be able to be done in a natural way. Because then the mitzvah is complete. So the Ebishter makes a miracle that the oil should be natural. How is it possible that oil should be natural and should light for eight, last for eight days and be natural? Answers the Rebbe, very simple. The Rebbe made such a miracle, which is called Ninanim Noise, that it consumed, that didn't consume at the same time. So, the oil remains a natural oil. So we have a miracle that turns out to be natural. The Rebbe continues, and therefore, is going to answer another very interesting question. Just going to give you a little preview. Why did the Rebishter make it that they find this olive oil with the Chesemis, with the symbol of the Ken Godel? The Rebishter could have made a miracle. Then send them from above, a jug of oil, and finish. That for sure is pure. Let's continue. What was the beginning of the whole miracle? Like we mentioned before in Source 1 from the Gemara, that they found a jug of oil, that was there with a stamp of the Kayin Godel. Not that God sent from heaven a little bottle of oil. They found naturally a natural bottle of natural oil, and it burnt naturally, miraculously, for eight days. 
And the Rebbe continues, Vegam Be'azayin Yomim Shele'achreze, Shebohem Hoyonez Golui. And even in the coming days, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, because Lo'yohoyo boy, it, it didn't have enough, just for one day, and they made it for eight days, says the Rebbe, Hoyozeh Be'oifen Ashayich L'Shemen Zayist Tivi. This was all natural olive oil. Because it doesn't make sense that Rebishter wants to show his love for the Yidin. That Rebishter should give them a half a story, he should give them olive oil, but they can't do the whole mitzvah naturally. So therefore, we must say that this was natural oil. What happened over here, the Rebishter made such a miracle. That we don't find it in history that the Rebbe makes such a miracle besides in the Beis Hamikdash. What's the miracle? That there was consuming and not consuming at the same time. And if we say that this was the miracle, all the questions that we asked before, that the Shlomo Yosef brings from all those sitters, is everything now is clear. Those that say that every day an eighth went away, we had a problem that according to Allah it has to be full. No problem. If we consumed and didn't consume at the same time, it was always full. Those that say that, that every night it went away and it came back, it did refilled, we have a problem that it's not natural olive oil. It's miraculous oil. Here it was always natural oil. Why? Because the Rebishter wanted to show his love for the Yidin. The Yidin went above logic when they fought the war for Hashem because they wanted the Yidin to forget the Torah and they said, no, we are not going to do that. That Abishta paid them back and he gave them such a great miracle that they could do the mitzvah in the best of ways possible. And if that's the case, we see that we took care of all the questions that we asked. We have a question, number one. What is the question of the Yosef? Obviously, we discussed that. But what was talking the real miracle of Hanukkah? The real miracle of Hanukkah is that Hanukkah was not a regular miracle like Kriyas Yamsuf, like the splitting of the Red Sea or Purim or all the other ones. This was a miracle which was Nimna Nimnois. It was the impossible of the impossible. And in history, we don't find such miracles. And therefore, we make such a big deal of Hanukkah. Look, there were greater miracles. No, there weren't. This was the greatest type of miracle possible. And therefore, when we have the story with Elisha, with the jug, that one seems also to be the same type of miracle of Hanukkah. No, that's not. By the miracle of the jug of oil from Elisha, they just made more and more oil. Here, God changed the impossible of the impossible that it consumed that didn't consume at the same time. And Bemele, we can understand what we brought from the Talmudim of the Prime Brisket that they're saying that every night an eighth went away because the oil was stronger. Well, and according to the way we explain it, that uh, every day it remained full because it consumed and didn't consume. At the same time, the question of ten lamidosa that we have to put in the right amount every day, we take care of that because it was always full. So if that's the case, we see that there's a revolution in the concept of Hanukkah. Why we make such a big deal. And that's the reason why we make such a big deal that we want that we should be lighting the menorah on the outside because this is the mitzvah that shows the, the love that the Rebishter has for Yidin so the Rebishter makes an unbelievable miracle Mida keneged mida, measure against measure the Yidin go with the Ebishter above logic because it's not normal what the Yidin do in Golis that they follow the Ebishter the world is, it, 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 it doesn't get it 
and we are doing it which is above logic because we follow the Eibishter and the Rebbe has in that Sikha I'm not going to go into it right now beautiful uh, that these three types of ways of looking at the oil whether the miracle happened once a day that it refilled or it happened throughout the day that it gave power into the uh, oil or that it happened the impossible of the impossible these are the three types of Mesiras Nefesh that a person has for the Eibishter a person, the first Mesiras Nefesh is in the morning he says Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Echad in the davening and that usually lasts for the whole day that's the first type but then there's another deeper one that when he goes out to the world and he starts having stumbling blocks and, and, and concealments so then he needs another stronger Mesiras Nefesh that's the quality and then when we have the real big issues where we have to go with like bulldozers like they had in the time of Hanukkah then we know that the Rebishter gives us the powers of Nimna Hanimnois I know it's another whole subject it's, it's, it's very interesting how the Rebbe just goes in one thing after another regarding Hanukkah but at least now we can understand what the greatness of the miracle of Hanukkah that it was a Nimna Hanimnois the impossible of the impossible the previous Rebbe said, We have to listen what the lights tell us. And this is what the lights are telling us. The Rebbe loves Yidin. Because the Yidin do things which are not normal. So the Rebbe does things for us which are not normal. And just like the Rebbe did miracles for us by Yom Mohim, we are certain that he's going to do miracles for us in this month of Kislev. Because this year, we are going to be not lighting the menorahs just in our own homes, but in Mitzvah we're going to have the third base Amigdash, and we're going to see the menorah full with the oil. Take it, mamish. Any questions? Yeah. Was the Bishyasif the first one that asked this question? Nobody ever thought of that question before, huh? Well, no, the Bishyasif is not the first. In this forum that we have, it seemed like that the Bish Yosef was one of the first. But, in our generation, a lot of new Sfarim came out from the Rishonim. From the time of Rashi, before, after. One of the Rishonim is the Me'iri. The Me'iri does mention this question. You know, the Me'iri says, says something very interesting. The Me'iri asks a question. The, we find something very interesting about Hanukkah. Take, for example, Pesach. The first day, we celebrate the going out of Mitzrayim. We say Halal the whole of Pesach. But only the first day, or in, Go- in Chutzlar, it's the first two days, we say the whole Halal. The rest of the days we only say a half a Halal. Because there's another reason why we say the Halal the other days. But when do we say it? The first day. On Sukkot, we should have said Halal only the first day. But, because every single day they brought different types of Karbonas, so that's why we say the whole Halal. But in theory, it should have been only the first day. Comes Hanukkah, we say Halal every single day, the full Halal. Why? It's, it's one miracle. So he goes over there and explains the difference in the first day and the other days, that each day was a miracle. The first day had its miracle, the other day had the other miracles. So we see that the Me'iri already also had this issue of the first day and the other days, etc., of exactly how the miracle of Hanukkah. So, the, uh, yeah, it is discussed in the previous, um, in the Rishonim. But again, what we need to remember is that what we have to learn from Hanukkah, we should all go and take part in the public menorahs which are done every single city every single square has to have a big public menorah to show the world that we are outdoor and definitely through all our efforts we are going to be zeicher to go to the Beis Amigdash Ashlishi and see the real menorah how it's going to be lit take it umiyad mamish 
and I wish you a happy Hanukkah. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net. Yeah.